Good morning, everybody. Today's date is Friday, May 31st. This is Jeffrey Harris with the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. I'm speaking with the one and only Shane Helms. He is the hurricane. You better watch out because he is coming through. Just saw him uh, at StarCast last weekend. I'm sorry we've been off for a couple weeks, but we had StarCast and Double or Nothing last weekend. But now we're back this week. Um, we have this great interview uh, today. Uh, Shane Helms, thank you for speaking with us today. Really appreciate it, and uh, it's a great honor and pleasure. Oh, no problem, man. Glad to do it. So uh, how did you uh, get to enjoy StarCast uh, last weekend? Oh, I had a blast. You know, those things, I get to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. You know, of course, I'm one of those guys that always enjoyed the, the fan interaction, of course. But, you know, seeing some of the guys in the business that have been my friends for a long time that I haven't physically laid eyes on in a while, you know, that's always a, a added bonus in those type of things. I just think it's neat because that convention, it's it's sort of like getting your own sort of Comic-Con, but with wrestling, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, great. So, Shane, you are now uh, working with uh, WWE as a producer. So I'm very curious how this whole thing started and how your new role with uh, the company came about. Uh, well, I mean, I did the producer thing with TNA, uh, you know, a few years ago, so... And that went extremely well, and you know, word of mouth travels pretty well in this business. And so, um, you know, I guess that kind of got around. And then, uh, while I was doing my Ring of Honor stand, you know, that was never with a contract. I never worked with a contract in the one. It was always I would just talk to, um, you know, the bookers, and we'd settle on some dates and do some things. And while that was happening, you know, I got invited to do a, a tryout as a coach down at the performance center. And that went extremely well. And down there, you know, uh, I let them know, and they knew right away, Dave and WWE, that my long-term goal was to be a producer. That was something I always had a, you know, an interest in and a fascination for. So, um, the same week they, that the Performance Center reached out to me and offered me a permanent position down there was the same uh, week I got a call from uh, Triple H about you know, going to the main roster to do the producer. Thing there, so um, it was just me staying in the game. You know, I've always I love I love all the different aspects of the business. So, uh, well, at least I'm fascinated. I can't say I love them all, but I'm fascinated about all the different aspects of the business. And you know, I stayed in the game and never took myself out. Now, as a producer, can you be a little more specific and describe what your role is, what roster, and what group you get to work with, and and what exactly a producer does? Because I've always been curious. Are, are you, like, laying out the matches? Are you helping book the matches uh, at live events, at TV? I'm curious how it works. I mean, the, the short of it is that we're the middleman between creative and the talent. And um, as far as, for, you know, what we do specifically, you know, that just varies with the, with the, with the guys. Some guys, you know, there, there's a bit of a trainer role in it as well. There's certain guys you can help out, you know, in techniques, spots, you know, psychological uh, ideas, but it just really varies, you know, and I, I don't work with any specific talent. Um, you know, they kind of spread us out and let us work with, a, you know, a bunch of different people. Right now I'm on both shows, Raw and, both brands, Raw and SmackDown, but I believe that's going to change once, you know, once SmackDown moves to Friday night. 
Now, I'm just curious, in terms of coaching and training, do you ever see guys pick up bad habits that you want to try to help work with them on in terms of wrestling? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of little bad habits. You know, and and that's just like a trickle-down misinformation. You know, a lot of the schools on the indie scene, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of schools are ran by people that, you know, weren't really big stars. And so there's just stuff that they can't teach because they don't know. There, there, a lot of these schools are awesome at the basics. You know, they're fantastic at the basics, but they're not going to be able to tell you how to get you know to to a certain level, and they're not going to have people to tell you how to work in front of a big crowd because they never did. And there's a big difference between working in front of a small crowd and working in front of a big crowd. So, um, you know, there's always these little habits you got to tend to break guys from. And actually, that was something I did in WWE back in the day. You know, anytime somebody came up from then, it was uh, OVW or FCW or whatever the developmental territory was, you had to come through the hurricane at some point. You know what I mean? That was uh, um, one of the running jokes in the locker room was I got all the guys before they got really good. You know, I was I would help groom guys like Randy Orton, like Batista, guys and, like that. Help and, uh, eight, and in one way, uh, AJ Styles, remember? Yeah, yeah, I definitely tried to get. Well, I tried to get AJ hired. I actually got heat for that match. If you want to hear a crazy story, because I let AJ do so much, because I was already an established character. Of course, AJ was an unknown at the time. Right. But I wanted AJ to get hired. I thought AJ was fantastic back then. I, you know, uh, truth be told, I didn't think he'd ever. Not that I didn't think, but I mean, I didn't perceive him to be as big as a star as he got. I mean, no one no one did, other than AJ. But, you know, I, I let him do a lot. You know, I let him do the shooting star and all the brain busters and all this stuff. And when, after the match, I got a little heat for letting him do so much. So, me and uh, AJ, me and him actually talked about that recently because he had seen it because WWE posted that match. And he rewatched it and he goes, yeah, you gave me so much. So, it's just, you know, it's kind of a circle of life. I really wanted him to get hired. Uh, and I believe they actually did offer him something at the time, but it wasn't something he wanted to do in terms of moving. He didn't want to move to Cincinnati away from his family. And um, But it's crazy. I mean, that's just how crazy the business is because now I get to age in some of those matches and I'm working with him in a different capacity. But how crazy is that? Looking back, you guys had this match, man, over 17 years ago uh, on Jacked. And AJ kind of took the long way around, but now he's one of the top stars in the world. Did you ever imagine that would happen for him? No, not at all. I mean, like I said, I knew there was something special there. You know, I, I liked AJ as a person and as a talent. And I didn't know him, like, all that well. You know, I mean, WCW, I'm sure we talked and had conversations. And we were friendly, but I didn't know him super well. But I knew, but what I knew of him, I liked and respected. And I respected his work for sure. Would you say right now he's one of the best in-ring performers in the world? Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, very, very nice. Now, last weekend during StarCast, you know, I, I got to ask you. So now we have this new promotion, AEW. They had their show. I mean, did you get a chance to watch that show at all? And were you keeping an eye on things? I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I actually had some plans to watch it. I, mean, I was going to, you know... I've always stayed, you know, on top of the wrestling thing. I've always been one of those guys. I've always watched everything, you know. So, um, just like I stay in touch with uh, Ring of Honor, and I stay in touch with what Impact's doing and New Japan. You know, I, I was planning on watching, but I went down to the restaurant and I, 
you know, as I mentioned earlier, a couple of my friends were down there and I ended up, you know, having uh, dinner, which turned into cocktails. And next thing you know, I didn't make it back up to my room till a little bit later, but I caught a lot of the highlights. You know, there was a few, um, not a few, but I watched the Cody and Dustin match up in this entirety, you know, so um, I got a lot of friends there. So it would be hard for me to not watch it. Now, a lot of fans are sort of excited about the idea of a of a new promotion coming up and possibly having competition with uh, WWE again. Uh, do you feel this is good and this could be a good thing for the business just to have one another place for the boys to go, the boys, the men and women, and also just to possibly have someone to keep WWE on their toes? Yeah, I mean, I think competition is always good. I mean, historically, that's when WWE really put out its best uh, product ever was during that Monday Night War. So, um, you know, that might be the best case scenario. You might get the best WWE that you've ever seen. So, um, I don't think it's competition is bad at all. Financially, there won't be competition for a long, long time. You know, it's a startup company. And they, they got a lot of, uh, you know, they got a lot of boxes they got to check. But, you know, they have a tremendous uh, roster. They got a lot of good, you know, ideas behind them. So, uh, I, I think the future is going to be pretty bright, pretty crazy for the industry for the next you know, five, six, seven years. Now, if you could, if we can go back about, man, I can't believe it's been over 17 years since the debut of the Hurricane. Tell me about the development of, of the Hurricane uh, Helm's character and gimmick and how that came about and whose idea was Hurricane? Um, I had become Hurricane Helm. Because they, uh, they didn't want me to use the Shane. They didn't want me to use my, my middle name is Shane. My full name's Gregory Shane Helms. And so uh, they didn't want me to, they wanted me to be Gregory Helms. They wanted me to be Gregory Hollywood Helms. And, um, you know, uh, I asked them, could I come up with something different? And they said, sure. They were, WWE has always been very, you know, talk friendly with, uh, you know, creative. Especially, you know, I've never had any problems with them in that regard. You know, so the, I was Hurricane Helms for a short while while we were doing the Asian angle. Um, and uh, they liked my talent, but I needed a hook. You know, I knew I needed a hook. They knew I needed a hook. Uh, and one of the, the head writer at the time was Brian Groyd. And I think he'd always wanted to do a superhero character. He just never found the right guy. And there I show up. I'm always wearing comic book t-shirts. I got a Green Lantern tattoo on my, on my arm. So I think that was a hint to him that he had the right guy. And it was actually Stephanie McMahon that, you know, came to me with the idea. And, uh, you know, I mean, I had a, I have a seven-year amateur background. I'm 22 gold medal. So, you know, I was a wrestler wrestler. I, I never really planned on being this gimmick. I never planned on being in three counts. But when these opportunities were presented to me, I just took them as a challenge. And, you know, I made them work. But I remember Stephanie's best line from that was, we'll, we'll try this. For a couple weeks, a few months at the most. Meaning, if it doesn't work, that's all it is. You know, then we'll find something else. And, you know, I said I was in 2001, so you're looking at 18 uh, years later. I mean, do you think there's just something special and a connection you have with that character? Because all these years later, you know, you're still coming back as the Hurricane at the Royal Rumble. And, I mean, I feel like this is an iconic uh, character for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely put my heart into it. I, I knew that you know, there's a part of being a character in pro wrestling, something like 
a lot of guys struggle with. They can't, you know, if somebody writes a promo for them, they can't do it. They're like, oh, you know, I wouldn't say this. Well, you, know, you know what? That's part of the game. That's part of being an actor. You think the actor just shows up on set and goes, I wouldn't say this, you know? I wouldn't necessarily put on a mask and a cape, but the company gave me this opportunity and I made it work. Uh, you know, I, I committed to it a hundred percent. So that was a lot of it, you know, I, and I've always known when it comes to characters and even if, it, even if you're a wrestler character as opposed to a gimmick like the hurricane, if you don't believe it, the fans aren't going to. And that's why the fans believed in me because they knew that I believed what I was doing. Now, what about, you know, getting to work with Kane, finding out you'd be working and teaming with Kane, and you, you would eventually become tag team champions together? I actually, I only found out about that the night before. I think I was still on SmackDown. You know, it was, uh, it was the night before or maybe two nights before it, but it was that weekend before the Monday. Um, I was traveling, uh, I know I was traveling with Matt Hardy, you know, uh, Jeff, maybe, maybe Lita was there too, I can't remember the whole group, but, you know, they called him. And I remember, like, man, because I enjoyed traveling with my friends. But then they ran the idea about, about me by uh, teaming with Kane, and that just sounded like a really fun thing to do. So, um, so yeah, there wasn't really a lot of it. No, it was. It was just Matt I was talking with, because Jeff was actually on the wrong. And I think it was actually going to be Jeff that was going to team with Kane, but something happened there, and uh, it led to me and Kane being being detected. Now, in 2003, you got to work with The Rock. You ended up beating The Rock. Is that like your career highlight, that you got to have a one-on-one -on -one match with The Rock and you got to beat him? Uh, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely in the conversation of my career highlights, for sure. You know, um, I think that that match with me is really what set him on the path to be a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gave him that rub. You know, I think that's really what helped gave him the push. You gave um, him the push, man. Yeah, uh, it was just a fan, you know, that was only going to be the one, we had one promo in Toronto, and uh, I've always had a, you know, I've always had a great relationship with the city of Toronto, and, uh, you know, it was only going to be that one promo backstage, that's all it was ever going to be, but it, it went so well, and everybody loved it, and it's one of those things where, when I was done with it, like, everybody, all the boys in the locker room were, like, pat me on the back, told me how great that was, and even Kevin Dunn went out of his way to come and talk to me and tell me how good that went. And, you know, Kevin's a super busy guy. He's got a lot more things on his plate to do than that. So, uh, really well. And then later on that night in a battle royal, uh, and I forget what the stipulation for the battle royal was, but it was a point when Rock had, you know, eliminated somebody and then he came over to get me and I started firing back on him. And you could just feel the crowd get energized by that. And, you know, I feel good about that moment. But like I said, I thought that was going to be it. And then, um, you know, apparently Creative and uh, Vince McMahon just picked up on it and they decided to roll with it. So, you know, that turned into a couple more promos. A couple more promos turned into a match. It was, it was a very organic thing that happened that wasn't really planned to happen. Now, eventually you did uh, go to SmackDown. They eventually had you turn heel uh, as Shane Helms and you had quite a long run with the cruiserweight title now i'm curious did you have a preference like for the hurricane hair character or the heel shane helms um they both had their you know advantages and um, you know disadvantages you know being the hurricane was easy for me um you know i like being that fun loving character 
But it's hard to get people to love you. So it's a little bit more difficult. The heel, you know, being a, a badass wrestler is literally the easiest thing to do in the business. Especially all of these. It's funny because in wrestling, the badass wrestlers get all the credit, and that's literally the easiest part of the game. You know, but if you got to go out there and be a character and have layers to yourself, you know, you got to make people laugh and then make them feel sympathy for you. And then make them, you know, at one hand, you're a goofy character, but then when it's time for that comeback, you got to make them believe in you. You know, that's really, that's way more difficult than people could ever imagine. You know, so in terms of the ring work, Gregory Holmes was, was easy for me. Uh, the hurricane in the ring work was a little bit more difficult, but I enjoyed both of them, you know, they, but they were both vastly different characters. Now, Shane, I'm not trying to get you in trouble or, or, or sort of bring back up, bring back up old grudges, but I, you know, I've heard you in the past and it seems you've had some heat with, uh, Shawn Michaels. Is that heat still, still there? Or do you still have issues with Shawn Michaels? Uh, no, not at all. Actually, it kind of went away when my, my son was born uh, about 10 weeks early. Okay. And this is the kind of person I am, too. You know, I, I, I'm not a grudge person. Okay. You know, anyway, so, um, but, like, my son was born super early, and it was a you know, very terrifying time. Uh, and everything, you know, let me just go ahead and say everything worked out beautifully. Amazing. No, no complications whatsoever. But at the time, it was pretty, you know, worrisome moment in my life. And, like, a fan just tweeted and, for whatever reason, tagged Sean uh, in the tweet saying, did you know about Hurricane Sun? And Sean said, you know, I I'll pray for him. And so at that moment right there, all the heat was done for me. You know, any, even though it was just a tweet and it only took five seconds, you know, it's just things like that mean more to me than any beef can, right. you know, in pro wrestling. And then, uh, you know, so fast, but I never saw Sean again and never really had a chance to even converse with him or talk to him or explain to him. What I what I said and when I said it or anything like that until I went down to the performance center, uh, whatever, uh, whatever my first visit there was. I guess it was whatever. I've been I've been as an agent there now five or six months. So we're looking at probably eight or nine months ago, and um, you know, Sean was there, and I just you know, caught, uh, I didn't want to like I wasn't going to avoid him or anything like that. I just said, hey, "Can I talk to you?" And before I could even get the words out of, out of my mouth, you know, to go into anything, he just immediately, you know, started talking to me. And whatever beef was there, we both just kind of threw out the window. And we got a, a really solid relationship at the stands now. I saw him at, just saw him at Mania. You know, first thing we did, went up, shook hands, hugged, talked about different things going on. And yeah, so that beef got squashed pretty quick. And it wasn't even really a beef, you know, it was just right. a different way of looking at things. So, I mean... Yeah. That itself is a tremendous story because I, I didn't even know that happened, man. And I'm very happy to hear your son's doing okay. But I didn't even know that, you know, you two worked things out and you had that kind of meeting. So I, I think that's I think that's great because, you know, life's too short and all that. Yeah, well, actually, I don't think I've even told anybody. I mean, it was something that, you know, we kind of just, it was kept to ourselves. It was two men talking and it wasn't something I was going to go on Twitter and, right. and talk about. Definitely. You know, just, just for the sake of getting the attention. You know, and even before, you know, the things I said at that time, at that time I meant it. That doesn't mean I'm taking anything right. back. At that time, I felt that way. Now I feel a different way, you know, and I think as a human being, that's just a part of growing. And, you know, things change, you know. My, my son, you know, my son's coming into my life just really changed a lot about how I saw different things and anything, things that used to make me angry just don't make me as, as angry anymore. 
So, so I, I guess that sort of answers my questions on how, you know, fatherhood has changed you and how kind of, you know, how you kind of have a different outlook on, on things in life. Oh, yeah, you got to be responsible now, you know, <laughs> but when you ain't got kids, you got like, the, you don't have to really be accountable to anything. If you go and, you know, have some wild, crazy nights, it ain't no big deal, you know, but now, you know, my sons are going to Google me one year, you know, one day. And so, at least from the time they were born. They can tell that, you know, Shane Helms was a good dude. You know, I feel like I've always been a good dude. I think, of course, like everybody, we made mistakes and goof up here and there. Everybody does, but, you know, um, for, the, for the most part, uh, I feel like I'm a pretty standard guy. Uh, what do you think of the WWE Performance Center? And now guys coming up will have this sort of avenue to learn and train this way and go through the Performance Center and NXT. I mean, it's one of the most amazing, I mean, it's the most amazing school there is, you know. Definitely nothing like what I came up doing and how I came up in the business. So it's giving people a, lot, a huge advantage. And, um, I mean, you just, you got coaches down there, which are some of the best in the world, you know, just speaking of Sean. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know there's so many schools out there today, like I was saying earlier, that they're being trained by somebody who, you know, didn't really do that much in the business. Down at the performance center, you got Sean Michaels, you know what I mean? And then you got all these guest coaches that come down, and, you know, and the performance center, of course, works very closely with NXT, so you got Triple H in there. And so you got really some of the top minds in the business, you know, and uh, the coaches down there are really well, I mean, are really good, and they're from different parts of the world, so you're not just getting an American style or one style, you know, they got guys from the UK that are, you know, like Norman Smiley's super good uh, when you talk about mechanics and technique. He's a guy that can teach you little things that you'll never see with the naked eye watching watching the show, you know. Um, so, you know, it's, just, it's a fantastic place. You know? I mean, they got a gym, you know, they got strength and conditioning coaches, they got a medical staff. It's really everything you need to grow as an athlete. Uh, what do you think of the potential of a wrestler and performer like Ricochet? Oh, I think it's some, you know, I, I saw Ricochet, you know, years ago and immediately, like like a lot of people saw something special in him. Um, I actually had him booked on an Omega show when I was booking and running Omega a couple of years ago. He's a, I mean, he's just a fantastic guy, you know. I think as long as he continues to grow and uh, his, his skill set has actually improved since he's gotten WWE, you know, I, I can see that. So, um, I, I think he'll be around for now, again, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but, you know, this was a big story uh, this week. So we had former WWE superstar Dean Ambrose, now goes by the name of John Moxley, who's also uh, just uh, debuting in uh, AEW. He, he was on Chris Jericho's podcast. He had uh, some grievances here about the WWE creative process. I'm just curious, have you ever had issues with the WWE creative process? Um, John thinks it's kind of overproduced and, and you kind of have too many writers and too many complications um, in the promos. Have you ever had issues with the way creative handles promos and just sort of WWE being overproduced? I personally never did, but you know, keep in mind, I came up in a, in a different era. Right. You know, but there was a lot more of, uh, you know, let's see what the guy can do before we script his promos. And, but trust me, like recently on a couple live events, I've seen talents go out there and say, okay, go cut a promo. 
it's not scripted and it turns out not being good. This whole unscripted promo, that's only good if the talent can actually do it. Not everybody can. And there are talent there that prefer the scripted promos. They prefer it. So it just, it varies on the person. I never needed the scripted promo. I, you can give me bullet points and I'll get there and create a figure that on early on. You know, especially with my Hurricane character, because I was always talking about like some kind of crazy comic book related scenario anyway. They were like, yeah, they would literally tell me, tell me just to hurricane it up. And so I would, you know, but not, not everybody can do that. Some people can, you know. And I think it just varies on the talent. You know, if you can go out there and you can cut a great promo without no help, as long as you hit them bullet points, awesome. But I've seen a bunch of guys that can't do that as well. That's actually a very interesting point. So back in your, in your heyday, they weren't actually giving you scripted promos back then. Is what you're saying. Like, I mean, I would have, like, bullet points. Right. And I'm sure there was times when it was scripted, and I would look at it and go, oh, I could change this up and make it better. But it would still get over the important points that they wanted to get over. You know, and, and it's a script. You know, there's a lot of a lot of guys get really wrapped up into their little bubble, and you have to understand their world literally does revolve around them. Everybody's does. You know, so, but I, I never really got too wrapped up in my character wouldn't say this. You know, I would just find a way for my character to say it because it's your character. It's not really you, you know. So, uh, like, like, you know, like I say, it's always going to go back to it varies on, on the, the performance. You can give me any script and I can make it work. But that's a very interesting point, and I imagine, so today, you have some guys who can probably do, so, so some guys you're saying at the live events, they struggle with with not getting a, a script if they don't. So they might yeah, not I've have seen, a. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've seen it. I've, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen I've seen them go out there and go, hey, go out there and cut a promo, and it'd be amazing. And I've also seen the hey, go out there and cut a promo, and it wasn't amazing. You know, so would a script have helped? Who knows? But I know, like sometimes, you know, and I've seen that too in my whole career, and and also too, let me go, let me go a couple steps back when it comes to mm -hmm. creative differences. And I've been in WCW. DNA, Ring of Honor, WWE, I've been in all the major companies. There's always people complaining about creative. 100% of the time. Right. There's always somebody. You know? And, I mean, and even when things are going great, you know, there's always going to be people that complain about it. There's going to be some people that think it's awesome. Generally, they think it's awesome when things are going their way. You know, there's a weird pattern. You know, when things are going your way, creative is great. When things aren't going the way you think they should, creative sucks. It's weird how that happens. Was there ever anything else you would have liked to have done with uh, the Hurricane character you didn't get the chance to do? Um, I, I, I would have liked to have had a, uh, when I came back, when I bought the Hurricane back uh, in 2007 or 8, whatever, when I had the long hair and everything, I would have liked to have stayed on SmackDown and Raw with that character. They wanted me to go to ECW because ECW was on the Sci-Fi channel. Um, but the Hurricane wasn't an ECW brand character. I, did, I didn't belong there. I didn't fit there. I had a great program with um, Paul Virgil, which is literally one of my favorite programs that I did with the company overall. But at the same time, I, I just didn't fit on the ECW. You know, when you think it, even though I am a former hardcore champion of WCW and WWE, <laughs> let me throw that out there. When you think hard, when you think hardcore wrestling or extreme wrestling. Hurricane isn't one of the guys that pop in your mind. You understand what I'm saying? 
And so I would have rather kept kept that character on SmackDown or Raw. And I wanted to, you know, change, keep updating it a little bit. But, you know, uh, you know, his history or fate just had other things in mind. I mean, you you still look like you're in great shape. You're taking good care of yourself. Do you want to go back out there and have another run with the Hurricane? Oh, I, I want to, yeah. My, my mind wants to. I don't know if my body agrees with, with me. You know, um, and, uh, you know, this producer thing came, fell in my lap. Um, I still planned on, you know, still doing a lot of indie stuff while I was, you know, up until this, this came about, so. You know, my entering career, if, if it's indeed over, you know, I don't really have anything to complain about. You know, I was really blessed. You know, I worked with some of the greatest talents that have ever done this. You know, and, it's, and I can always take pride in the fact that when I got the hurricane over, that was the most stacked roster that has ever existed in the history of the business. And despite that, I still got this crazy little character over. So, um, you know, I think I got a lot to be proud of, and I am proud of it, so. If, if my in-ring career, career is over, you know, I, I can accept that. But like I said, you know, every Monday and Tuesday when, when I'm at that building, that arena, and I see that ring, there's always a part of me that wants to be in there. Were you happy with uh, the surprise Rumble appearance? I'm sure a lot of fans dug that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, I mean, that reaction, you always hope you're going to get a good reaction, but you never know. And, you know, I went back and watched it, and, whether this is arrogant or humble, I don't know. But it was the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> and I enjoyed it, you know, and I uh, had a lot of fun with it. You know, and hats off to John for, you know, uh, letting me do that. If John said no to that spot, it doesn't happen. You know, that's just how it is. But he was cool with it, and he liked the idea. And, you know, it was fun. But that was 2018, so, yep. I mean, it was eight years since I'd been there. You know, and they, they popped for me like I never left, and that, that was just awesome. So who gave you the call? Uh, who called you up and uh, and asked you for the for the Rumble spot? Uh, that was creative. I can't remember exactly who made the call. I want to say it was Mark Carano. But, you know, I know that like, I'd heard my name again mentioned for previous Rumbles, but I was either with a different company under a contract or injured and couldn't do it. And this, uh, that year just... Uh, I wasn't with a company. I wasn't injured, and uh, it was perfect timing. And that was one of the better rumbles too. You know, you know, even if you take my little, um, you know, appearance out, that rumble was really good. I agree. Now, I'm just uh, cu curious. Is there um, last question? Is there uh, any any plugs or any things you'd like to share with the fans uh, where they can find you or follow you on social media? Yeah, at ShaneHelms.com is. Uh, all my handles on social media, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So at Shane Helms.com, you know, I'm pretty active on there. Uh, you know, and I try to not make it just about, you know, plugging my stuff or whatever. You know, I try to make it really entertaining and interactive, you know, and not just as one dimensional as uh, some people do. So I try to have fun on there. I'm pretty easygoing. Uh, Shane, uh, thank you so much for your time, man. First of all, I just want to thank you for, you know, for the, this great career and all the great memories you've given us and the fans. And, uh, you know, thank you for what you're continuing to do in the business and working with the next uh, generation of wrestlers. And, uh, yeah, and uh, thank you. I just really appreciate this time. And, uh, and you know, thanks for everything and, and what you continue to do, man. Cool. Thank you guys, man. Just, you know, 
stay positive, wrestling. Uh, at a really fun stage right now, so everybody stay positive. Uh, I agree, and uh, thank you for your time, Shane. And you've been listening to the Four One One Wrestling Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>